Hello and welcome to the Still Space Podcast. I'm your host, Executive Coach Mary Lee Gannon, where my guests and I share fun and simple strategies to manage yourself so that you can show up the way you want in work relationships in life and not default to past behaviors that leave you disappointed. The Still Space is where you learn to take an intentional moment to challenge habitual assumptions that hold you back with enlightened truths that boost your genius. We transform drama, resentment, doubt, unmet expectations, and self-sabotage to executive presence, self-control, deep sleep, healthy choices, and more connection with people who matter while it still matters. It's time. I invite you to subscribe to this podcast and get any of my free publications at my website, maryleegannon.com, where you can also learn more about working with me. Okay, leader, many of you have reached out and asked me what it's like to work with me in my Mindful Leader Satisfied Life Circle. So I'm going to give you a very brief overview of exactly what you get in working with me for that six-month program. You get transformation. You get walking into any room, any situation, knowing you belong, having control, having people come to you. But on a tangible basis, what does that look like? It starts with seven one-on-one laser-focused individual coaching sessions with me over six months, and then access to the six months of live weekly small group coaching calls. And because you know I only coach a handful of people, sometimes there are only two or three people on those calls. Sometimes it's only you and me. So that's like another weekly coaching session And you get to get the perspective of other executive leaders who are in the same place that you are. Get six-month access to my Mindful Leader Satisfied Life time-saving assets, trainings, modules, and all kinds of workbooks that personalize this to you. The self-discovery is inspiring. Can't wait to get on to the next module and see how much more self-control you'll have over those negative thoughts that have been holding you back. There's a private online community where we can share daily questions, but the special bonus is you have 24-7 email access to me. I'm your coach on call. You want me to look at your resume? I'm happy to. Any of the exercises that you're having difficulty with, you don't have to wait to the call. You just reach out to me and I will get back to you within 24 work hours. You're having a problem at work with somebody? I'm your coach on call. There's a leadership intake analysis that I read on my own time so that I can get more background on you, not have to use up your sessions with me. And exclusive to this program, Flow on the Go Weekly Planner, where you can track your routines, track your gratitude, track what's changing, what's showing up for you. Well, what does this look like over the six months, Mary Lee? Okay, number one, that first month, you notice your patterns, your habits. You start noticing the patterns and habits of others. You have defined your signature strengths and your personal values and you're applying those. And now you're starting to dream again. You have a vision for yourself, for your career and your life. You've stopped judging yourself and others. In month two, this is where I've taught you how to self-regulate with curiosity. You process difficult and stale emotions and release them. You replace your stuck story with how you're not whatever enough. 
and you are now creating a career plan with confidence, feeling worthy, you have self-control over negative thoughts, over your behavior, and months three to six, you are playing blue sky big. You are soaring here. You are self-empowered. You execute your career and life plan. You shine, apply for stretch roles if that's what you want. You have better relationships and control over your food intake, your sleep, your exercise, your self-care. You have compassion for yourself. And you know that person that you really dislike? You actually have compassion for them. So there is a link in the show notes, maryleeganner.com slash consultation. Go ahead and apply. I will reach out. I'll set up a phone call with you. We can go over some of the details, but I'm interested in helping you be that mindful leader with a satisfied life. And there's no reason to wait because it happens quickly. Hello, leader, and welcome to episode 64 of the Still Space podcast, No One Has Ever Been Crueler. Before we get started today, I want to give you a personal message from me because I've been doing this podcast now for a little over a year and I see that I have some very regular followers. And if you're new to my podcast, welcome. I want to thank you for continuing to listen because that inspires me to continue to record these podcasts. If you enjoy the podcast, please like the podcast, recommend it to your friends, because this helps the message get out to others that we can control the thoughts that are in our head. We first want to be self-aware, understand them. Number two, self-regulate them. And in the process of doing so, give ourselves a little grace and the ability to have self-acceptance and belief in ourselves. So just wanted to say thank you. And if you are a fan of the podcast, please like it and recommend it to others. So today we're talking about no one has ever been crueler. The truth is no one has ever been crueler to me in my entire life than I have been to myself in my own head. And I know that some of you share this sentiment. Now that I am aware of that voice, I catch myself before that protective side of me wails all the reasons I'm not good enough and should play small in an effort to protect me from feeling the discomfort that had been running my life, making me risk-averse, not believing in myself, not feeling people will like me, not having close relationships, not feeling qualified, likable, or effective enough, not having confidence for executive presence. All of us have things in our lives that insinuate little messages in the back of our head that keep us small. And it's just a part of you trying to protect yourself. Don't dislike this part of yourself. This isn't where you say, oh, I wish I could stop doing that. That's not mindful. If there's any judgment at all in your head or coming out of your mouth, that is not being mindful. 
when you're mindful, you're much more in control of yourself, much more in control of negative thoughts and how they affect you, and much more accepting of yourself and of others. So definitely we have these little cruel thoughts, sneaky thoughts that like to insinuate themselves into our persona when they're just thoughts. Now, we've talked about this before. Who's in charge? The thinker or the thought? The thinker. You are in charge. You don't have to believe everything that goes on in your head because it's your ego. It's part of you trying to keep you safe, trying to keep you from taking risks and just maintaining a low presence so you don't get hurt in centuries ago, that might mean so that you don't get killed, but we're not living in the era where mastodons are stepping on us. So we want to understand how to corral those negative thoughts and allow them to be there. Honor them. Don't turn away from them because they'll just chase you down forever. Honor them, see them, and allow them to flow on just like a leaf flowing down the river, purposefully setting that leaf on the river and letting it flow away. You know, now I'm able to notice when I get started on this path of, oh, this will never work out. This person doesn't like you. I don't wrestle with it or argue with it or have to stand up against it. That negative energy only depletes me. I have to gear up if I have to be strong against that negative voice. I know the core feeling of inadequacy and disappointment that generates out of that, don't do that, you're going to get hurt, you're going to fail. I don't gaslight it by turning away from it anymore in shame. The voice is just trying to protect me, but it doesn't serve me. Now I just smile at it, shake my head and say, "Mm, not for me. I see you there. I know what you're trying to do. I know you're trying to protect me, but I've got this. Funny thing happened when I learned to self-regulate the protective self. Not only did I become more effective, likable, and strategic, the biggest reward is that I finally, for the first time in my life, felt satisfied. No more striving to get or be more than I am. Just openly discovering more about who I am and how to position my strengths and value proposition to serve others and to serve myself. I never expected the side effects. I sleep better, have better eating habits, enjoy closer relationships, more feeling of love for myself and the people around me, and I maintain better exercise and other healthy routines. My mindful daily practices, yoga, free weights, exercise, sipping a slow glass of water, reading a passage out of a book that's meaningful to me. So let's focus for a minute on being risk-averse, right? If I waited to have all of my ducks in a row, I'd have never made it across the street. I come to the table not risk-averse. I realized early on that in order to 
advance quickly, and I needed to do that because I had four children whose mouths were hanging open in front of me needing to be fed. I was the only provider for them. I realized very quickly that I needed to take risks, and those risks paid off, right? I had already gotten over the fear of rejection. I had gone through a horrendous divorce, ended up on food stamps, medical assistance, homeless, without an automobile. And so shame was something that I carried a little bit in the back of my head, but it was not going to get in the way of me taking care of my children. That was my primary focus. So I learned very quickly to take risks because what did I have to lose? I I already was without what most people consider staples in life. Sometimes you just have to make a run for it. Profoundly true. Recently, I had a discussion with a colleague about rule following, and it became apparent that those who succeed don't pay as much attention to the rules as they do to the results. Now, that doesn't mean not to honor rules. I'm not saying be a cowboy. They know not to discard the rules, they respect them, and they know how to work within them to get things done. Their focus is on the end game. Procrastination is simply denial. If you're putting off doing something, you're denying the truth. The truth that you're prepared, the truth that it's a possibility that you could succeed, The truth that you want to play big, but you're playing small so that if you fail, you only fail small. I've been the CEO of three organizations, and there's no question that I would have never been recruited for these roles if I'd been known for following the rules. I was recruited because I was known for getting things done, especially against the odds, and for making it fun along the way. People liked working with me. We made it an experience. We became closer friends. I'm still close friends to this day to everybody I've ever worked with on a major initiative. Be known not for following the rules because those people are risk averse sometimes, and they aren't known for getting things done. Be known for getting things done. Really important thing to distinguish. Not what title you want to have. Be known for what you want to do and for getting things done. You're focused, you know what needs to be done, and you know how to do it. What's your brand? If you don't know, you don't have one. And that's a problem. What do you do better than most people? This is defining your brand. And working hard is not enough. Being known for working hard, lots of people work hard. At the top, everyone does that. Start taking risks in the areas of your strengths. Failure is learning. Perfectionism is fear, right? I don't want to do this because I might get judged. Build up a stable of measurable accomplishments that get noticed and make sure those things are in your resume, in the conversations where you talk with people. Your reputation is the echo that precedes you before you enter a room and the echo left behind when you leave the room. Don't leave it to chance. Be intentional about who you are. Be yourself at your true core. Everybody else is already taken. If this resonates with you, 
get more inquisitive about yourself. Take online tests. Talk to your friends. What are my greatest traits? What do you observe about me? Start to create a persona around who you truly are. Be able to speak to that. Hiring managers like people who understand their strengths, their weaknesses, and how to play to both. You play to your strengths. You surround yourself with people who have your weaknesses as their strengths, and you trust them. So here's a little exercise that will help you put a little more form around the function of your persona and what you want to be known for. Are you where you want to be in your career and personal life right now? If so, you don't need to listen to the rest of this podcast. If the answer is yes, just go on to opening email and and do something else that's fun for yourself. If the answer is not really, or I can't seem to stand out, then you might not see what others see when they look at you. It's kind of scary looking at yourself from a different perspective. This is why people hire coaches, because they help you understand how you're being perceived in a way that you may not understand and in a way that's killing your executive presence. And that's okay. Understand you've already done a lot of firsts in your life. We're going to help you see some things that you haven't seen before. You've already done this before. So don't be afraid. You've gone through firsts, first time being married, first time divorced, first time as a single parent. For me, single parent of four children, first time for me on welfare, food stamps, medical assistance, homeless without an automobile, first time committing to not being a victim. How about that? First time to commit to not being a victim, owning your life, being the role model your children need. My first role as a CEO, I wasn't qualified for on paper. First time raising $10.4 million on the heels of the largest hospital bankruptcy in U.S. history. First time letting my guard down. You've let your guard down before to allow love in, especially if you've been brokenhearted. Accepting unconditional love. First time marrying the love of your life. First time for me marrying the love of mine. For me, first time being an executive coach. First time earning the highest internationally recognized certification you can have in coaching. First time hearing you changed my life and realized all of the things I had gone through were for a reason. Firsts are an invitation to risk. Let me say it again. Firsts are an invitation, an open door, somebody ushering you in, waving you in, an invitation to risk. All of the research shows confidence only builds by taking risks. You can read self-help books. You can listen to podcasts. You can read things, go to conferences, take courses, earn certifications, but your confidence is not going to grow until you take risks. The magic is in knowing what risks are worth it and disarming the insidious excuses we lay over those risks to convince ourselves 
oh, that's not worth it. No, I'm going to wait. I'm going to procrastinate. I'm going to wait till I'm perfect. The tragedy is in listening to the excuses and minimizing your dreams. Because while you've convinced yourself that the risk isn't worth it, you've also subtly told yourself that you're not worth it. That you're not worth it. I submit to you that is fiction. You are worth it. And it's time to flip that around. You're worth everything you ever wanted. Everything you've ever dreamed of. What's not worth it is doubt. It's a habit to keep you safe. Your goals, your dreams, aspirations are just behind it. Many of you know this, but for those of you who don't, on my website, right at the top, there's a free checklist that helps you understand some things about yourself and your behavior that others see that you don't see. It's the Get Valued, Get Hired, Get Promoted checklist. It's free. It's on my website, maryleegannon.com. You can't miss it. It's the orange button right at the top. If you fill that out and you have more than seven checks on that list, there are some things that you can learn to grow in around your self-awareness. There are things that people are seeing in you that you're not seeing in yourself. And this checklist helps you understand what those are and what to do about it. So if you haven't already filled that out, go over to the website and fill that out. Then ask yourself this, what am I doing about these things? If the answer sounds something like this, oh, I'll get around to it, or no, I have pretty good self-awareness, or I don't have time to do anything like that right now. I'm taking a course, or I have this thing I'm working on. Then you are playing it safe and small and have given up on the part of yourself that matters. And that isn't fair to you. Another way to look at it is like this. In the words of Elton John, when asked, what does he most dislike in people? He said, attitude. It's always the untalented ones that are the worst. Now think about how many meetings, project team leader meetings have you gone to, or or report sessions. How many of these types of situations have you been in where you've seen somebody with bravado? They speak to be heard. They have this They exude this confidence that's a little too gushy, a little too loud. That's attitude. Elton John was also asked, what do you consider the most overrated virtue? And he said a stiff upper lip, which is the cancer of the United Kingdom, right? People sometimes value having a buttoned down persona. And it has hurt a lot of people, and according to Elton John, especially the British. I love these words from him in a recent interview in Vanity Fair. He has traveled many paths in his life, fame, heartbreak, betrayal, love, all witnessed through public scrutiny, right? Because he chose that life. He's a celebrity. Throughout it all, his talent remains unparalleled, And despite his celebrity status, his values land on the side of deep, 
not shallow. His words are a reality check for all of us who at times feel eclipsed by people whose bravado or self-importance are intimidating. A stiff upper lip is the cancer of the United Kingdom. He's still standing, right? You're still standing, pretending that things don't hurt you, pretending that you've got it all figured out. Allow yourself to be vulnerable. Learn from what others can share with you, what others want to help you with. You're still standing. Elton's still standing. And both of you are still growing. And if this resonates with you, spend a few minutes filling out the checklist. I guarantee you'll discover something you haven't noticed before. If you check more than seven items, like I said, you'll want to concentrate on how you are maybe misperceived and don't even realize it. I guarantee you will notice a beam of light stream through the darkness of doubt, stream through indecision, stream through disbelief. It's free. You download it. I've taken my own checklist and I have noticed things about myself that I want to work on. So just go to maryleegannon.com, download the checklist, learn something about yourself, what others might be seeing. It's a gift. It's my gift to you. And I would really be honored if you sent me an email at at maryleegannon.com and let me know what you learned. That's why I do the podcast. That's why I do my coaching. That's why I do my writing. I'm here to help people fast track their career. I remember how desperate I was when I needed to support my little kids and the angels who were there for me. I want to be an angel for you. So wishing you freedom today. Success is freedom, not more hours. I'm glad you were with me today. And I invite you to subscribe to this podcast and get any of my free publications at my website, maryleegannon.com, where you can also learn more about working with me.